0: Episode 89, Michael, welcome.
1: Thank you. It's
0: 90. 90 episode 90, Michael, Sorry. welcome. Good. Hello. And t- today my guest on the Mark Halpin Show is Michael Dwyer. <laughs> no, this is Paper Tuesdays. Michael Dwyer, Mark Halpin, welcome. Namaste. Namaste, Namaste. Namaste important here today. Yes, indeed. Important. Spirituality, Mark. That's what we're talking here today. Yeah. Spirituality. What, what made you want to pick this subject? I've been thinking a lot about Hyde Park lately. Really? Mm, so this is the kind of angle I want to take with this. Okay now obviously spirituality means absolutely everything and absolutely nothing at the same time so but Hyde Park so for those local to Gorey Wexford area will probably know what Hyde Park is so Hyde Park is a big estate in Castletown yeah just outside of Gorey County Wexford off the main road where we have nice strawberries of Greensbury farm love gory to i sorry i I digress (laughs) so Hyde Park right so now it's owned privately i think was it always owned privately Ooh. built by the Protest- Protestants originally <laughs> <laughs> built by Catholics for Protestants <laughs> <But> <laughs> I'm sorry I'll, I'm all over the place I'm still out, I'm well out. you did a lot of running a that. no that's totally understandable but yes things. built right okay so now privately owned uh, now privately owned a chalet is on it I believe really okay I spoke, spoke to a man who wants told me that he moved into one of the chalets there. And I told him my knowledge of the history of Hyde Park. Ah. And he was not too happy with it. <laughs> he was just kind of like, all right, because this man was after paying a lot of money for a chalet in Hyde Park. And I told him what went on. So I vaguely remember something. This could be incorrect, but this was in my childhood. My mother told me that my grandfather, Ned, wouldn't go near Hyde Park because of what he would heard had happened there. Um, what had happened, to my understanding, was there was... They had the original owner had to put levels of concrete, extra levels of concrete on the basement, under the basement because the devil was said to have lived there.
1: Excuse me, right?
0: After that, there is other stories of hauntings I've heard that aren't really... um it's just the usual ghosts and shit people have seen ghosts. That's very interesting. So, like, this concrete story, that's only kind
1: of locally known, you know, because mm-hmm. we tried to peruse Google even back when we were on our phones back in sector school or whatever, mm-hmm. and we could never find anything. But that's really raw local knowledge
0: there. Yes. And now I have something here Okay. from the Cult Education Institute. Wow, okay. Of more weird goings-on in Hyde Park. So this article is called A Shrine to Silence... A religious movement in Inch County, Wexford is showing all the signs of cult-like behaviour, according to one expert in the field. The movement's reluctance to talk to media has further increased these doubts. This is from McGill Magazine, Ireland, February 2002, by Nina Hepo-Jokey. and you shake it all about... (laughs) Little little is known of the last days, weeks, even months in Margaret Foley-Smith's life and the reasons that led her to commit suicide. What is known is that on the day of her death, a Mayth last, a Mayth, 8th May last, she had been arguing intensely with her ex-husband Martin Smith in the premises of Pilgrim House, a radical Catholic community where they both lived. They started arguing early in the day. As the day wore on, the rows became more intense and, at some stage, physical. The fighting culminated in multiple bruising on Margaret's body. Their last row took place around 7pm, after which Margaret disappeared. She failed to turn up for coffee at 8pm. Who drinks coffee at 8pm? Cult. That's the first thing, (laughs) yeah. Despite Martin's attempts to contact her by phone. At 9pm, there was still no sign of Margaret and Martin decided to look for her. Look for her. He alerted other community members to Margaret's disappearance. Mm -hmm. After about 15 minutes' search, the uh, two other community members, Claudia Carvajal and Ina Gray, informed Martin that they had found Margaret in the outhouse. She was hanging from a beam with her head hanging to one side. There was a blue rope around her neck. Her right hand was holding the end of the rope. A small wicker table was lying on its side under her. The community's founding member and resident, Dr. Dermot O'Leary, didn't he present the X Factor? (laughs) Arrived at the outhouse. He took Margaret down from the beam and tried to resuscitate her, but to no avail, she was dead. At around 10.15pm, after an hour after Margaret was found and her body was taken down from the beam, Garda, Ian Hayes, Cathy Swan and John McCarty were on the scene. The body was identified and Martin Smith told the Garda that he had been separated from Margaret for two years. In Trim, but he was looking for coffee with her that day. Mm. In the following day, oh sorry. In Trim County Mead, Frank Foley, Margaret's brother, was woken at midnight by a phone call from Dermot O'Leary and Martin. They told Frank of Margaret's death. He was shocked, of course. In the following days, he became even more shocked when he learned how little he had known about his sister's life in the Pilgrim House community. It was only after Margaret's death that we learned that she and Martin were long no longer husband and wife. Although we did not hear from her often, we had been under the illusion that everything was fine. To hear that they had been violent, that there had been violent rows, was a total shock. When Margaret formed the community with the O'Leary's, she became more or less estranged from our family. It was nearly as if the community had become her real family. She was rarely in contact with us and gave the impression that she did not wish to be in touch with us anymore. Margaret had been a well-known sociable person in Trim where she grew up. Some old friend of Margaret's hoped to get in contact with her when she lived in the community. But when I passed these messages on, she did not seem keen to get in touch with them and encouraged me not to give her full contact details, says Frank Foley. heavy enough so far michael yeah any thoughts so
1: um how does this this must have been a shock to you as a, a young six-year-old who lived in the vicinity of this 6 era. year old
0: <laughs> i didn't know much about this to be honest i had heard there was a cult that was there before but that was just kind of it there was a cult there i'd also heard like this is like you know like gory stories you know like they all get tales and everyone adds their little piece onto it like what i had heard before like when i was younger was that there was a suicide pact there from the cult and they all killed themselves in the woods and when i was younger one of my friends lived across the road from hyde park and we used to go in there and it was very creepy like around the woods it's surrounded by woods a wooded area and like we go looking in the rivers and in the trees and all and it was very kind of creepy and weird. very dark isn't it there's
1: not much uh, light gets in there or something it seems like a lot of tree cover
0: yeah and it's a very long lane like Mm. we never actually saw the house and we'd go into the woods there the whole time the woods actually not to give away my address but it's kind of you can see the woods at the back of it from here Mm. from my house so it's it's kind of eerie that all this has gone on there uh, so where, where was I where did I finish up Michael oh if, uh, don't get in contact with him Martin and Margaret met in 1984 in Dublin through work with mentally handicapped people they got married in 1986 Margaret a former journalist with the Farmers Journal had previously been interested in the work of the Simon community her interest in social justice issues was further intensified when she met Helena O'Leary through Simon Helena and Margaret became close friends I think Margaret became highly influenced by Helena she admired her and even started to talk like her Helena visited our family house on a number of occasions they were constantly talking about social justice issues and were very much enraged about the inequalities of the world at some stage their interests had become specifically focused on asylum seekers I and our whole family admired their views and idealism yet I also found Helena to be a very commanding person there was little room for arguing on opinions with them this seems to be a lot like what's going on on TikTok at the minute, Michael. <laughs> What's going on today? Social justice. (laughs) (laughs) I demand social injustice.
1: Okay, yes. You're a
0: social injustice warrior, are you? Yeah, I will lead the social justice warriors. Okay. And I will be. What's the name of the big transformer? Optimus Prime. I will be the Optimus Prime. (laughs) (laughs) By by their time of marriage, Margaret and Martin. (laughs) <laughs> Margaret and Martin had joined Helena Dermot O'Leary f- And formed the Pilgrim House community In 1991 Margaret Martin adopted three children From orphanages in Romania In his statement to the coroner's inquest Into Margaret death Martin Smith said Initially things between us were going very well In 1989 we moved to Hyde Park In 1997 strains on our marriage became apparent They were manifested in petty rows Which became more robust in nature as time went on In 1999 we decided to live apart Frank Foley says that his family had no objections to Margaret's marriage to Martin Smith. We all liked him. He was a very jovial person. A genteel type. Do you know what that is? Gentile. G-E-N-T-E-L. Gentile type, yeah. Yeah. He always seemed very relaxed. The violence of the rouse came as a total to surprise to me. I could not see Martin. I ha- I could not see the Martin I met doing mm, like that. Interesting, Mark. Yeah. It's,
1: genteel is characterised by exaggerated or affected politeness, refinement
0: oh, or respectability. There mm. you go. There you go. So. It's always the ones you don't expect. <laughs> no. Uh, he, they thought he'd never do anything like that. To me, that raised the question whether somewhere down the line he had changed While we would have found their decision to form a community, a peculiar one, we had no real objections as we found our commitment to mentally handicapped people admirable. After Margaret's death, her sister Aideen arrived at the funeral from Glasgow. It was then that Frank Foley learned that Margaret had left the community a month earlier and gone to Glasgow to see her sister. Aideen said that Margaret had begun to look for work as she felt she was finished with the community. According to Aideen, Margaret seemed to have lost all sense of her own value and had a skin condition caused by... Which caused her some distress. She also instructed Aideen not to tell the rest of our family that she had left the Pilgrim House community. After two days, Margaret received a phone call, which she said was from Martin. She returned to the community. About a month later, she took her own life. On the twenty fourth of October last, so this was two thousand and three, the coroner's court in Gory heard the inquest into the death of Margaret Foley Smith. Present at the inquest on sorry present at the inquest on the request of the Foley family was Mike Gardy Gard a field worker in Dialogue Ireland, an organisation which came into existence in the 1980s as a result of a cry for help from several families and individuals who have been affected by involvement in new religious movements. Dialogue Ireland represents the response to the four main Christian churches in Ireland, Catholic Church of Ireland, Methodist and Presbyterian. To these requests, its mandate is to create dialogue between new religious movements and the main churches in Ireland. Pilgrim House had previously attracted the attention of Dialogue in Ireland. Sorry, Attention of Dialogue Ireland. In 1997, a former priest approached Mike Gard. He had left the community and came to me in a counselling capacity. The fact that he approached me in the first place already says something of the way he had begun to perceive the community that he had been a member of. The former priest had been married to one of the members of the pilgrim house. As they entered marriage, his wife stipulated that they would live in the community. The husband was unable to give his total devotion to the community and subsequently their marriage deteriorated. He approached me when he became concerned that the community had started showing signs of cult-like behaviour. He claimed that Helene O'Leary was the essential leader of the community and she had developed cult-leader-like characteristics. This former member doesn't wish to talk to the media about his time in the community. Mike Gard was already per- uh, personally familiar with the Pilgrim House when approached by the former member. They first came to my attention through the protests at the Department of Foreign Affairs over asylum seekers' rights issues. I believe many people would have been sympathetic with their views, even admired them. I had no reason to believe that they would be a new religious movement at that stage. Two years later, he was contacted by RT News when a comment from the Pilgrim House had attempted to enter Israel for the last millennium. The Israeli officials blocked their entry, suspecting them to be a millennial suicide cult. Wow. It was rubbish, of course, says Mike Garda. These reports were found to be utterly untrue and established that they were not part of any extremist sect. Today, with his further research into the Pilgrim House community, Mike Garda's is of the community is showing signs of cult-like behaviour. Dialogue Ireland prefers the term new religious movement to cult. I'm sure the cult prefers that as well. There are certain definitions of a new religious movement. Different groups in existence have shown varying levels of transparency. For instance, OPS days, continuation structures are known to the Catholic Church and therefore accepted in the course of the Pilgrim House community. Very little is known down there are linked to the churches. Here do not come under their authority. This is going on a bit. Uh, yeah, this is very long. So just to
1: see, It's a great article though. And some grains of... Just to see how... It, the the thoughts that you had of this area are actually uh, coming up in this. So are true. Yeah, it seems mm. like the hearsay of the time was actually um, bolstered by this sort of uh, investigation work.
0: Yeah, but like then again, it's the fucking as I was saying. Like the stories get tales. Like it was one person committed suicide there. Like people commit suicide in every community.
1: Yeah, it's a rather interesting fact that you know much of the article deals with the family. Families are interesting when it comes to this as well, you know, Mm. like, um, just because the brother didn't know didn't mean that the sister didn't, actually did know how how Margaret was getting on as such. Mm. Um, And then the inference of whether whether or not um, they were together at the time of the separation, or they were going to meet for the coffee at eight o'clock.
0: Yeah. Mm. Um, Could you ever see yourself being brought into a cult or swindled? No, not in today's world, because you can... You can, you
1: could have your own cult in today's world. Paper chooses. Paper chooses. You can uh, do. I. I don't see a need for living in a house with people and
0: be having sister wives and all that stuff.
1: Oh, right, that sort of thing. I forgot that, that cults can be many. Many, things.
0: yeah, they can be anything.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I. Um, <laughs> could you live in the cult? <laughs> yeah, I read like, a book. Uh, the Forty Eight Laws of Power by Robert Greene. All oh, right, they he don't. Said, you told me it's banned in prisons. It's banned in prisons, and it, for good reason. <laughs> it gives you instructions on how to start a cult. All oh, right, it's very kind of toxic, and uh, I read it, and I read it when I was living in Australia, and I I practiced it for a while. So not starting a cult. There's different things on how to ascend hierarchies, right? And they do work, but it's very short term, and people will hate you. And I found that. I started doing it because i wanted to make more money when, when i was farming and i did i started i got like promoted and like i got better times and things like that but ultimately ultimately led me to getting sacked so <laughs> because i um there was a fellow called zandro right and there's stuff in it it's like uh, you know um, play to them like let them let the person above you like make them grandiose so when you're mm. talking to him put them on a pedestal and they love that and he did love that but eventually they what happened and what can happen is that goes to his head he then becomes that uh, and in turn I started to absolutely fucking hate him because of the way he started to see me and I'd done it like yeah i done it and then he started to see me as way below him so I eventually stopped giving a shit about my job. I was like, well, like, fuck this guy. Even though I had originally made him like right. all these compliments and how well he's doing and how great his farm is and stuff like that. And how, all this stuff and how great a boss he is. And then he started seeing himself in our relationship as being like the one who is in control of my fate because he's the higher authority here. Okay. And it, like he start, originally like I started making more money and like getting better hours and getting like better jobs and stuff like that. But as soon as I made a mistake, he was fucking on me like that. Like screaming, shouting on the phone, ringing me at three in the morning when the cows got out because his chain was broke. And that was like, eventually he started screaming. He's like screaming at me down the phone. He was um, Filipino. So he's talking really fast and shouting and shouting. I was milking on another farm. It was half three in the morning. He's go, I just go, look, Sandro, I quit. And I hung up. <laughs> I booked a flight home and two weeks later I was home in Ireland so uh, that doesn't work but it's very easy to see how like people in your relationship with them you can kind of mold it what way you want and i think that that can work both ways And that's what happens with cultish leaders when they're talking to people they know that they're just another person as well but they know how to influence and they manipulate that those influencing abilities to make people believe everything they say. And then eventually they end up drinking cyanide in the woods. Right, so you view it as a slippery soap. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of interesting stuff. Like, read Robert Greene if you want. And, like, he has a lot of good... Like, the stuff he says works. Mm. But it's not going to work out well for a long term. Ooh, right. I'm surprised because this Robert Greene must be a divisive
1: sort of character in that... Um, like, he has... There's something like a, a book, you know the way like the Daily Stork does something. Yeah. He does something similar with his concepts, mm. and Ryan Holiday has endorsed it. Like, uh, yeah. So, the, there's.
0: No, it's not all toxic stuff. It's all but toxic. Them. But no. when
1: you take it to an extreme, this might be a good angle to go with in general here. When we take things to the extreme, mm. it, it's just not
0: anything. When you take anything to anything, an extreme, yeah. yeah. You can over like that's you can drink too much water and drown. Mm, there has to be a yeah. balance. I have the book inside, and he kind of has each chapter. It's the 48 laws of power. I can kind of go through the titles if you want, yeah, and it, sure. like the stuff that's there. <sighs> you keep the audience busy, I'll keep you? the audience
1: going. Um, a dead man was brought into a post office in Carlo. Um, oh, yes, can uh, we
0: talk about that? Yes. First,
1: go on. Um, well, imagine being the post office clerk. I mean, you're used to weighing parcels, and then you have a dead man before you. <laughs> it's. Um, and they, in fairness to them, they knew he was dead. They went to the post office first to see, like, oh, can we collect our dad's pension? And then they had to realise, no, the man has to be here himself. Okay, we'll get the man himself here. Um, oh, did they? They went down and then they came back with him? Yeah, like, <sighs> they, one in each arm, like, bringing him into the post office. Um, but, like, it's a whole mess, though, like, in that, like, uh, they have to do a post-mortem to see, well, did you kill him to get the pension? Or did like, you? Like, <laughs> they be charged... For what they did. If they didn't,
0: like if he, he probably did die of natural causes. If he died from natural causes, I'd say it'd be just a caution, like I a don't slap think, on the wrist. Yeah, it's real Adam and Paul stuff. Have you ever watched that? No. Have what's you that? seen Adam and Paul? No. Ah, uh, it's very good. It's like two two junkies from Dublin. All oh, right. Uh, it's it's a funny film. Like, but they, that's the kind of shit they do. Like, you know, mm. it, it, they reminded me of that. These
1: are worthless for two hundred euro. They were going down to <sighs> the carry of a dead man. Carry but dead I suppose dead when dead you're, da, like. I'd they'd surely be charged because there's definitely like laws against
0: um using it. That way, like, well, I don't know what the word is, but like.
1: Well I suppose they were present. They were trying to complete an a fraud, a yeah, fraudulent act, fraud well. mm. like
0: manipulating that dead body. Like mm. Something along those. I said it definitely charged. Mick was actually telling me last night we were talking about it, and you saying that there's a lad there in Cork a couple of years ago who got caught. His both his parents died about thirty years ago, and he he had been collecting their pension for a full thirty years, and he probably got. Thousands, upon thousands and he got sentenced to jail. Like, yeah, I think we
1: that was about only that. a few months ago. Yeah, also,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 But I'm sorry,
1: as in, like, the act could have been a few months ago, but the court case only oh, came okay, up a few, yeah. a few months ago. Um, and that's of course that analysis brought to you by Shane <laughs> <and helping laughs> Marketing. Um. So, yeah, there was another thing I wanted to discuss uh, There's a lot going on there What about in Lock Ray, the man with the pliers and the... Uh, oh,
0: and that was fucking rough That man
1: is made of better stuff than you and I, I think Yeah, are we able to, like, add that into the video? Yeah,
0: it's the pliers Wow it? Yeah. yeah, wow put him in on
1: YouTube, yeah there's your tooth Here, take your fucking tools with you If you want it to it's out can have to count That's brilliant content.
0: It's, oh, it's fucking gross.
1: <laughs> that out. is like pub stuff. But I thought, have to I ask, like? like, I went to my dentist, we talk about our it, dentist a lot here, we're very fond of them. Yeah. Uh, especially <laughs> shout out to you know, we won't even um but what was it? Yeah, he said he couldn't go to the dentist because the vaccine cert... My vaccine cert was not checked when I went to my dentist there recently. So your man could have had a much less painful experience. Had if he, he gone to
0: Gory. Yeah. Yeah, we would have or thought the about with a dentist. The rules don't apply. No. <laughs> but like, I know a few lads that would do that. Like, just, like, be in the pub and be like, I can't get this fucking toot out. And then, like, they have a pliers there. You think the, that's not the first time that's happened? Uh, no, I don't think so. Wow. I really don't. Okay. <laughs> um,
1: In other... I just think this is... These incidents are... what We shouldn't condemn them Mm. i think we should celebrate well maybe not the dead man going to the post office maybe we shouldn't celebrate that but like the man getting the tooth out that's what makes ireland yeah (laughs) that's what makes Ireland. i want to there was a story my granny told me yesterday and i loved it it was kind of like the 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 classic irish hero right Mm. i want to tell you the story about like back 50 years ago and there was this man and he was a post uh he was postman and he delivered post uh on bike and he used to cycle like Oh, crazy distances like from Ockram to Nakanana, up hills, down hills, 20, 30 kilometers. And anyway, he they were the on post said, Right, we're going to see if you deserve a van. Mm. So he said, Right, and he went to some local farmer, and there were all sheep farmers in the area. Mm. And he said, Can you send out a notice about sheep dipping that needs to take place? And then he'd need to go to every single house along the route. Yeah. So then, with a, a letter for every house, and with the inspector with him Then he got to stop at every house along the way Took long roads and everything And then he got his van On the and bike? It's a story of ingenuity Yeah Oh sorry like t- They were wondering Is your route bad enough To oh, warrant right. a van? Yeah and, But because he had to go to every house Because he took long ways Instead of shortcuts Ah yes And the man won He got his van He read That's 40, Ireland.
0: 48 Laws of Power Interesting segue Yes There we go right so let's see if he has it laid out here (laughs) so the this is what's it called is that like a the blurb on the back yes exactly so a moral cunning ruthless and instructive sorry amoral is that amoral or is that amoral it's a big capital a there's a big difference between amoral and moral I think it is amoral, yeah. Amoral, like the word amoral? Yeah. yeah. Cunning, ruthless, and instructive, this piercing work distills 3,000 years of history and power into 48 well-explicated expli- laws. As attraction-grabbing in its design as its content, this bold volume outlines the laws of power in their unvarnished essence, synthesizing the philosophies of Machiavelli, Sun Tzu, Carl von Clausewitz, and other great thinkers. Some laws require prudence. Law one, never outshine the master. So I was saying some stealth law tree conceal your intentions and some of the total and some the total absence of mercy law 15 crush your enemy totally. But like it or not all have applications in real life situations illustrated through tactics of Queen Elizabeth the first Henry Kissinger P.T. Barnum and other famous figures have wielded or been victimized by power and these laws will fascinate any reader interested in gaining observing or defending against ultimate control.
1: Ooh. first thing like a moral i was surprised to see it's actually uh, lacking a moral sense so unconcerned with the rightness or wrongness of something that, that's interesting it's almost as if like it's not that it's total lacking lacking morals but lacking the, the need for correct morals They're yeah. just making sure that the the laws have a uh, an accurate application
0: that sounds right so i'll just read out the titles of each law so each law is like has its own title and then it goes further into it in a chapter so to reach a chapter law one never outshine the master law two never put too much trust in friends learn how to use enemies law three conceal your intentions law four always say less than necessary law five so much depends on reputation guard it with your life law six court attention at all costs law seven get others to do the work for you but always take the credit Law eight, make other people come to you. Use bait if necessary. Law nine, win through your actions, never through argument. So that's like, that's not exactly toxic. Win through your actions, not through argument. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's kind of saying that actions speak
0: louder than words. Yes, almost. Yeah. exactly. So
1: infection. But since we've stopped, sorry, yeah. Mark, no since we've one. stopped for a good one, I'd like to just drill back into, like, there are a few there and you're like, oh, that's that's uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: well the, like um it, i think it was the last one on that page sorry what was yeah. it uh,
0: uh court attention at all costs or maybe it was the next one sorry uh get others to do the work for you but yeah. always take the credit yeah yeah pisses me off, yeah, <laughs> yeah it does it's uh as i said like this book led me to lose my job mm. it's not and it's on it's not allowed in prisons it doesn't lead to a happy life i think it leads to a fixation on power and then mm. that's the way you view the world mm is just like a power game whereas like you can be happier without implementing this stuff in your life it's all very like negative and it's a bit unsettling and gross really to be honest but uh it's interesting stuff that this is like it's a popular book particularly Mm -hmm. in america it's very big but it's just kind of more than nothing else you can kind of see other people's games that they're playing with it as well so, you can kind of like he says that in the book that if you're not going to use these, at least you can guard yourself against people that are doing it. Yes, yeah, and awareness that's yeah. so true. Yeah, yeah. What, where do we stop there? Uh, which reactions never to argument? Law 10 infection, avoid the unhappy and unlucky. Okay. That's good advice as keep well. Your like, vibes yeah, sure, exactly. Yeah. yeah, uh, law 11 learn to keep people dependent on you. Mm,
1: that's yeah that's yeah. unsettling but yeah. i know when you hear unsettling things it's only because i think Jung says what irritates you uh reveals your own uh insecurities
0: as yeah such. yeah what's it um, whatever you don't like about other people is something you see in yourself that you don't mm-hmm. like or something mm-hmm. that was a very uh, unwisdom like way to say that uh oh, law 12 don't. use selective honesty and generosity to disarm your victim Law 13, when asking for help, appeal to people's self interest, never to their mercy or gratitude. That's kind of true. You have to be able to give. Like, people aren't interested if you can't offer them anything.
1: Mm.
0: But I know that goes against Murder Trees, but like Murder Trees didn't write this book. Why do you think it goes against Murder Because Murder Trees is like, help everyone. Anyway. Okay. Now, some people do bite the hand that feeds as well.
1: Yeah, but like. See, this is where there's a twist. So just because Mother Teresa might say help everyone, is it because you're helping everyone? It's because the feeling that you get deriving from that service to Mm. others, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Helping people does feel good. Mm. And it is kind of a selfish thing as well. You know, giving a charity even is selfish. It makes you feel good about yourself. Yeah, But but it kind of just
1: shows an awareness that there's another. I think that's the main thing. Like, you know, it's not all about you and such you know
0: yeah law 14 poses a friend work as a spy (laughs) (laughs) law 15 crush your enemy totally law Hmm. 16 use absence to increase respect and honor law 17 keep others in suspended terror cultivate an air of unpredictability (laughs) law 18 do not build fortresses to protect yourself isolation is dangerous 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 that's good advice as well don't put yourself in
1: isolation that's a good one because when you think of power you think oh you have to be aloof or above or withdrawn yes but uh,
0: this book is saying that no connection it's the opposite use your connection law 19 know who you're dealing with do not offend the wrong person good advice as well I think mm. don't like go to the principal and call him a dickhead to his face he'll suspend you or mm. you're a you. uh, law 20 do not commit to anyone <laughs> <laughs> law 21 play a sucker to catch a sucker seem dumber than your mark right That I did that in Witcher Man as well I sort of seemed like you know stupid and he was showing me all this stuff mm. uh, Law 22 use the surrender tactic transform weakness into power okay. Law 23 concentrate your forces Law 24 play the perfect courtier. Law 25 recreate yourself Law 26 keep your hands clean recreate
1: yourself that's interesting I was listening yeah. to Brendan O'Connor on the way over here and uh, because of the restrictions are gone he says uh, re- recreate yourself this is the time to do it with the restrictions gone you know he's not going to be the cautious old man he's going to well he didn't actually say what he was going
0: to do but uh, <laughs> Brendan O'Connor spotted in the George next week Law <laughs> <laughs> uh, 27 play on people's need to believe to create a cult like following I'm sure that's what we're doing here yeah it's exactly <laughs> patreon.com <laughs> Law 28, enter action with boldness. Oh,
1: yeah, I like that. All for that. That's good. Go for it.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Law 29, plan all the way to the end. Oh, good advice. Good advice. Law 30, make your accomplishments seem effortless. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Why not? (laughs) Law 31, control the options. Get others to play with the cards you deal. Mm. So this is cultish. Okay. Uh, Law 32, play to people's fantasies. (laughs) <laughs> we'll be doing that
1: in going little theatre on April 1st yes. yeah April 1st yeah. uh,
0: Law 33 discover each man's thumbscrew okay what's a thumbscrew now <laughs> I don't think I want to know <laughs> Law 34 be royal in your fashion act like a king and be treated like one all for that all for that as yeah. you can tell by yeah. my dress today yeah, absolutely. green tracksuit bottoms and a Hawaiian shirt <laughs> football socks and shoes that were once white <laughs> uh, Law 35 master the art of timing ooh Law 36 Disdain things you cannot have Ignoring them Is the best revenge
1: (sighs) I'm still sucking On that timing one I don't know Sucking definitely Isn't the right word (laughs) But uh, chewing on it Uh, I think that's a lot In line with Like the rhythm of life And yeah I'm all for that That's cool
0: Right Sorry Do you want to read A little part under that The Master The Art of Timing Oh yeah A little short paragraph Never seem to be in a hurry Hurrying betrays A lack of control Over yourself And over time Always seem patient As if you know everything That will come to you eventually become a detective of the right moment sniff out the spirit of the times the trends that will carry you to power learn to stand back when it is not yet time to ripe when the time is not yet ripe and to strike fiercely when it has reached fruition oh what a lovely paragraph yes (laughs) Robert Law us
1: really doesn't it (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: law 37 complete compelling spectacles create compelling spectacles April 1st gory little (laughs) theatre law 38 think as you like but behave like others Fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you have to be a part of society. Yeah, but the the, the I prefer the
1: former there because mm-hmm. I think uh, we yes be part of society, but like th- remember to think as you like. I think like because we see what we what we consume on social media and Twitter, we it's almost as if we all have to expose the same beliefs. But if we all if we all think differently, it leads to a more colorful tapestry.
0: I think so. Have you seen what they're doing with the M Ms? You sent it to me, Mark. Big changes. Ask my bollocks. Sorry? Ask my bollocks. Uh, The M&M's can ask my bollocks. (laughs) Alright. They're changing the M&M's to be more inclusive. Yeah, but they don't look that much different. No, not at all. Apparently the the red M&M is going to readjust its attitude to be less bossy. I think one of the M&M's wore high heels. They're now going to wear UGG boots or something. Ooh. Uh, they're, they're, yeah. Apparently, the m&ms weren't inclusive enough, so they're changing them. Yeah. Anyone who is upset by the MMs, i let you finish that sentence in your own head. Uh, law 39 stir up waters to catch fish.
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: Yeah, law 40 despise the free lunch.
1: Oh, that's nice. Mm that's you've got basically got that tattooed on yourself
0: yeah seek discomfort Seek discomfort law 41 avoid stepping into a great man's shoes
1: oh be, to find your
0: own maybe yeah i think so okay uh so yeah i'll go into that what happens first always appears better and more original than what comes after if you succeed a great man or have a famous parent you will have to accomplish double their achievements to outshine them Do not get lost in their shadow or stuck in a past not of your own making. Establish your own name and identify by changing course. Slay the overbearing father, disparage his legacy and gain power by shining in your own way. Hmm. Law 42. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Okay. (sighs) Work on the hearts and minds of others. Law 44. Disarm and infuriate with the mirror effect law 45 preach the need for change but never reform too much at once we have three laws left Mm. law 46 never appear too perfect law 47 do not go past the mark you aimed for in victory learn when to stop Mm. law 48 assume formlessness oh fantastic i'm sorry oh sorry me the go through the 40th right? yeah. uh, so assume formlessness by taking ship by taking a shape by having a visible plan you open yourself to attack instead of having a form for your enemy to grasp keep yourself adaptable and on the move accept the fact that nothing is certain and no law is fixed the best way to protect yourself is to be as fluid and formless as water never bet on stability or lasting order everything changes
1: mm, that flexibility
0: that's mm. fantastic jesus just from
1: reading that now I'm definitely going to um read it. It's a yeah. book. it sounds sounds like I get my teeth into it.
0: Yeah. No, he's very he's a good writer. They're very captivating books. Mm. Uh he's on Instagram, he does reels and stuff of him like reading or going through laws himself. Yeah. Uh very interesting.
1: But again you're saying that if we take that to the nth degree,
0: if we go that too far,
1: we we lose we lose a bit of ourselves in the process, man?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get very caught up in it, and you can see paint sure like don't we all paint our own reality on the world, what we think of it, like you know, yeah, so you can end up fucking going down a bad route with that book, as well, that's why it's not allowed in prisons, yeah, but yeah, it's worth reading, absolutely, mark,
1: um just to go into a little bit on spirituality, I was going to um oh yeah, I thought one solid base of the spirituality would be you know that. Don Michael Atuez or you know the lad who wrote the four agreements? Yeah. Um, so it's been recommended by Joe Rogan and the four agreements one be impeccable with your word mm. two don't take anything personally I think that's the one of the toughest ones I have. Mm. Uh, agreement three don't make assumptions that's probably the next one that I find toughest mm. and then uh, the final one always do your best yeah. very simple but they're very very interchangeable yeah. and they're ones you don't expect either you know you think that They'll be different, but yeah, they're, they're, they're very broad mm. and all-encompassing.
0: Yeah, not taking things personally is hard, isn't it? Very hard, yeah, because you think you have to. I think yeah. that's when the
1: small self thinks that you or you have to feel that response. But sometimes you, you're you better off just letting it go and yeah. remembering that sometimes people are projecting themselves. Now, look, I know I can be quite um, spiritual and whatever, mm. so I thought I'd jazz things up instead and give you some unusual religious traditions so the first one and you will be fond of this i know Mm. baby throwing (laughs) yes So the Grishnijwar temple in Indian state of Maharashtra at the site of a very unusual and potentially dangerous ri- religious tri- ritual. Mm. Uh, so babies between the ages of one and two are thrown from a 50 foot tower and men are positioned beneath it to catch the babies on sheets. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about this is, you know, it shows um, it's, it's religious tradition and yet it's practiced by both Muslims and Hindus in the area. It's bringing the people together and it's a 70, 700 year old ceremony, Mark. And it's believed to make children more intelligent,
0: luckier and healthier. There must be something in it if two religions are doing it. <laughs> Where could we find a 50 foot building for me? Ooh. For, yeah. Or for me.
1: <laughs> I think the only place to do it is to close the main street and do it from the market house. Yes. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. That's fucking terrifying. It's crazy. Jesus.
1: Yeah. Well, this looks... Aga- uh, I'll just show you a photo here of this. Yeah. Uh, sky burials, Mark. Oh my God. Arse. Earth to the sky But that person Might be dead So they were An exclusive And unusual Religious ceremony In Tibet The practice involved Dissecting the deceased body And scattering the pieces On the mountaintop To decompose Or be consumed by birds Most Tibetans Follow Buddhist traditions Which indicate That the human body Is merely a vessel and Can be discarded Thus why the practice Was popular Excuse me Ah spirituality <laughs> Thus, why the practice was, the practice was ultimately outlawed, but can still be performed with the family's permission. Wow, Jesus! Um, this uh, another one looks a bit mad. Uh, the Agori, right? Uh, and this is considered to be a religious cult that broke away from the overarching Hindu religion in the fourteenth century. Back to Kult's mark mm. it's believed that everything emanates from the Brahman and that no evil exists. Interesting. Mm. So the Agori followers take this Agori. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> to take this interpretation further By believing that everything is God And to abandon anything is sacrilege Very interesting Yeah But the belief manifests itself into crude rituals so, Particularly their practice of dwelling near cremation. Cremation grounds and eating the corpse of the deceased. Oh, okay. Because God is everything. It's okay to eat other people. (laughs) I see. I see. Ah, now we're getting into (laughs) (laughs) very lovely territory. So, Mark, this is about the Maradonian Church. Oh, okay. And this Ah. is named and created after legendary soccer player Argentinian Diego Maradona I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> it just believed, the church's only belief is that Maradona was the greatest soccer player in the history of the sport and praise to that fact. They have a set of commandments and to date there are 80,000 followers in over 60 countries and they like to spread the news of Diego's uh, miracles. Ah, wow. What a story, yeah. Uh, then we're going to the happy science religion. Uh, it's established by a Japanese man. He looks quite happy indeed. It's Rio. Oh he does Yes indeed Hello Ryo Um, He believes it's uh, It's his mission To bring happiness To all of humanity Speaking of which Now the Japanese Would have a good few cults um, It'd be quite a Big thing over there Mm. Uh, It became an official religion In 1991 And it has Over 12 million followers Mm. Uh, the religion's core belief is that people should explore the right mind with principles of happiness through love, wisdom, self-reflection and progress. Mm. The creator believes he can channel the spirits of Muhammad, Christ, Buddha and Confucius not to be left out. <laughs> and the only prerequisite to join is an aspiration to seek the way and contribute to a realisation of love, peace and happiness on earth. Wow. Oh. And we're going into another one. Uh, puss licking and scab eating. <laughs> In medieval times, the wider population essentially scorned lepers. However, it was common practice for female saints to care for those affected by licking the pus from their wounds and eating their scabs. It was seen as a sign of extreme holiness. Luckily, no pictures exist of this practice. Oh. And I think one of the last ones here is flagellation. This is fascinating, yes. And uh, the practice of self-flagellation for religious purposes has a long history, it goes back to the Egyptians, Greeks, Romans, but it found its form in the 13th and 14th century. It was like Wim Hof and, Breed, and It got really big in the 13th and 14th century. Practiced by radicals of the Catholic Church, zealots would lash themselves in public as a demonstration of piety. Great processions took place, banners, crosses. Beating themselves with leather thongs while chanting hymns and calling forth other zealots. So there you go. What an interesting uh, article there on uh, some weird and wonderful
0: religious mm. rituals. The happy science one. Where did? What was the science part?
1: Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Actually, yeah, um, yeah. Are there any? I um, happy science tradition. Are there, While we were uh, googling here. Mm. Oh, this is a fringe. Oh, wow. They're, they're still going anywhere, Mark. <laughs> Article from 2020 in the New York Times, Inside the Fringe. Japanese religion. Oh, won't let me all the way in, but look. Uh, that claims it can cure COVID-19. They're the <laughs> best ones. They're, and they're everywhere, you know. They, everyone. There are some people out there. But Shane, our correspondent on the Facebook, saw someone there yesterday that was still going with Bill Gates. Thanks, Bill. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird and wonderful tale um mark to bring us uh sorry i have to go to a waxer match and i I would love to talk about spirituality all day Mm. but i think spirituality is a feeling yeah that uh and sometimes we become too obsessed with that feeling and maybe that's why we cling to cults maybe yeah uh i think that we have to feel it with the heart we have to lead it that way and mark what spiritual practice do
0: you practice uh in your everyday life that you would recommend to paper chooses meditation I think that's the that's the only real spiritual practice I do. Meditation and going outside. Okay, but I think everything... Mark, you made a baby. That, to me, uh, yeah.
1: that was quite spiritual. Everything we do in life is an offering. It's uh, uh, That's the way I look at it anyway. Us sitting down here is saying that it's worthwhile to talk into a camera and see if other people listen yeah and uh that's so but sorry let's drill down into how you meditate and how it is a part of your hurling and morning rituals
0: yeah so i do i haven't, I haven't done it now the last two days because just my schedule unfortunately mm. but uh yeah i do 10 minutes and i've done the habit stacking from automatic habits so i go i read for half an hour hurl for 10 minutes and then i meditate for 10 minutes in the morning mm. and i think medit- meditating is great because it just it's just a practice of bringing your attention back to the breath so it's just about bringing your attention back to the present moment so you can do that in your everyday life when you're working when you're doing whatever you find yourself lost and thought, and then you think oh shit i'm thinking too much what am i supposed to be doing and it brings you back then to the present moment and you can enjoy and focus
1: mm, lovely on your life yeah, yeah. okay uh, and James Hood will have a big flash flood for us next week. Yeah, yes, big indeed, one, a huge one, huge, massive. Um, any yes, any nice. plans for
0: the today? Uh, we're going to the Table Forty One for dinner tonight. Enjoy with the voucher. Oh, very good. Uh, and then maybe the cinema, to see that Belfast film that's out. Oh, very good, fantastic.
1: Yourself, fantastic. You're going to the Greenway the Greenway. Yes, trying to get active in this January and yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, Living life 365. That's it. We let you down to Exeter Park, Michael, yourself and yes. Connor. Indeed, Connor right. Moore. Connor Moore, namaste. Namaste. All our listeners. right Go in peace to love, love <laughs> and serve yourself. <laughs>